How's it going, y'all? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold, but the takes are hot. Today is a big episode. We have our 2023 NFL Draft Positional Rankings, the second edition. This week, we have arguably the most loaded class, um, both top-heavy and deep, in the draft in the corners. Um, you know, Last week, we opened it up with receivers. This week, we're countering with the guys who guard the receivers in the corners. A really interesting class. I think right now we both have a consensus top six guys. We don't know which order it'll be in. However, it should be fun to break it down. But before we get into that, um, we're going to talk a little bit about what we didn't get to on the Tuesday episode. Open it up with some NFL stuff real quick. As you know, uh, we are Ravens and Chargers fans, respectively. And both of us had some good news this week in that both of our teams fired uh, the offensive coordinators. And it was pretty exciting. I know, at least for me today, the Ravens fired their offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, Right around noon uh, Central Time, as that's the time zone we're in, and it was exciting to see that. I was I was in a Twitter space, which if you don't know what a Twitter space is, it's like a live, uh, like voice only, like podcast, um, basically, and about 20 people in it just going crazy all at once. Um, I guess none of them had the notifications on from Rap Sheet because Ian Rappaport, NFL Network Insider, was the first to break the news, um, and you know. I found out like a good minute before they found out and then they're all going crazy singing some songs and stuff. It's definitely one of the funniest. I I love that. That's what brings the community together and the Ravens Twitter is the is Greg Roman getting canned. I, I love that. It was, it was wild. It was a wild moment. Um, definitely probably top three hardest laughs i've ever had just being on my phone was listening to that twitter space the moment everyone found out because someone went like roman's gone he's gone he's out and then everyone else just everyone went ballistic yes yes it was the funniest thing ever but yeah i'm i'm happy that happened um long overdue i feel like you know since lamar was unanimous mvp in 2019 in 2020 um team was riddled by covid and i was obviously the covid year ravens didn't have any fans all year long and it was tough uh, just getting over COVID and getting over those injuries for the team. 2021 and 2022 season, both riddled with injuries, uh, headlined by Lamar Jackson, missing the last six games in each of those last two seasons. So definitely tough. Um, but, you know, brighter days ahead, especially in this offseason, as the Ravens can make a lot of moves as they're number seven in the NFL in cap space. Uh, but as for OC, and then I'll let you get on your chargers. Um, as for the OC, there's a lot of candidates I like. I think LaFleur, Reich, um, I'm not too high on Leftwich, who the Bucks fired. Uh, he was the Buccaneers offensive coordinator. Um, you know, Matt Weiss, a Michigan offensive coordinator, obviously has some things going on off the field. Um, but there's a lot of guys out there that I think would be beneficial to the Ravens that could bring in a more balanced attack. You know, uh, in their end of season press press conference today, they stated that they're going to interview both internal and external. Uh, so internal, presumably being one of their wide receiver uh, pass game coaches and T Martin. He's a former NFL court or college quarterback, a national championship quarterback for the Tennessee volunteers and has a lot of insight and a lot of experience around the game and especially in the pass um, aspect of it. So, I'll let you get to yours, but yeah, I think you know there's 10 offensive coordinator openings as of now, likely to be a couple more in the coming days, and you know, only so many candidates to go around, so it should be interesting to see who lands where. Yeah, uh, we, I got my news a couple days earlier than you did. Um, Brandon Staley had a scheduled press conference on uh, Tuesday, I believe. Yes, Tuesday morning. Um, and actually, no, sorry, they met Tuesday. Um, the the team did with. Staley and um, came out that morning that they were going to move on from Joe Lombardi, um, w- which was expected, I think, for for those within the Chargers community and those that um, kind of watched the Chargers this year and followed the Chargers. Um, you know, a lot a lot of those in the NFL community did just with, with the high expectations on them this year. Um, but uh, ultimately, it, there are some calling that it was a scapegoat for for, you know, the playoff collapse. But ultimately, um, Ian Rappaport said it on on the McAfee show later that day that, you know, that was something that that was within the league and around the league, whether it's insiders or whether it was teams and in front offices and executives um, saw that coming 
whether or not they won that game and saw it coming. It, it, it had been on the horizon for about five or six weeks, which again, shouldn't shock anybody that had followed the team. Um, it, it just, it, it was an archaic offense. It felt like they were trying to run the offense that they ran with Drew Brees when he was, you know, when he had a dead arm his last season and he couldn't throw the ball past 20 yards. I felt like they were trying to run that offense with a quarterback like Justin Herbert and, and the weapons that they've got in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, that just, it, it's just so opposite of what they want to do um, and what they should want to do with, with that, that personnel. And, um, you know, the run game was bad all year. They really couldn't find a groove in the run game and the offensive line wasn't, you know, didn't always have to live up to what they should have. But again, um, Zion Johnson had a good year. You got one of the best centers in football. You had a guy who played admirably at left tackle in place of Rashawn Slater and Jamari Sawyer. And frankly, you had a a great year from 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 Trey Pipkins in a contract year. Um, so it's just under overall really underwhelming. I think if you you know those that kind of watched the Chargers game on national TV that that no football really weren't blaming Justin Herbert. You go, what are they doing? offensively what what's going on if you look at the passing chart he threw nine passes at or behind the line of scrimmage and he threw eight beyond 10 yards three or four of those were throwaways on on plays where he was pressured and kind of just had to roll away from pressure and and throw it deep out of bounds um so it's just it, it disappointing use of, of a guy with that kind of talent and that kind of um skill level i think a widely regarded as a top five quarterback in the nfl um you know i, I think there is a pretty clear top five i don't want to Obviously, this is what we're talking about today, but I think and I think Brett would agree. We've had this conversation a lot. There's a clear top five quarterbacks in the league. And I think Justin Herbert's one of those guys. And just just the fact that they never had an offensive identity um, was bad. And so and in terms of replacements for him, again, Frank Reich's going to be talked about um, with links to the organization already. Having that seeing that he was he was there a while back, he was obviously fired, but um, has had some stints and some stays in other places where he's been really successful and had led really successful offenses, um, you know, and I'll be interested to kind of see what direction they go. Brandon Staley made a big, a big emphasis on the fact that the run game was really bad and they have better personnel than how they executed and how they performed. So, um, you know, Matt LaFleur, Matt LaFleur, Mike LaFleur is a guy who I could see them hiring. I think Joe Brady's a name that's going to get brought up um, certainly as a passing in coordinator play caller. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if they hired Joe Brady as an offensive coordinator and then brought in an experienced run game coordinator. I'm not saying it's going to be Greg Roman, but a guy like Greg Roman, who's called plays in the past, comes from an offensive line background and a run game background. They're going to have to get one of those guys in the building to just to correct what's been going on in the run game. Um, but I think, frankly, any sort of upgrade in the passing game um, is going to do wonders for this offense. And um, so, yeah, I think, you know, as as upset as I was after the game and just kind of sad about the way that it ended, I, I, I am very excited about what, what the future is going to be going forward and how um, the team's going to look, you know, next year with the new offensive, offensive coordinator. I'm excited to see what the hire is. Obviously, they haven't announced any interviews yet. I think they're going to take their time. They're not in a rush, I don't think. Um, also tells me that they're going to be looking to maybe interview a guy like Joe Brady, who's on staff in Buffalo, um, you know, waiting to get those guys interviewed does make sense to me. So. Um, while I think Frank Reich's going to get going to get a lot of consideration, it would be a great hire. I think they're going to wait and take their time to see what's going to happen. And if they miss on Frank Reich, I think they miss on Frank Reich, and they're going to keep it pushing. You know what I mean? So, um, um, Matt Weiss from Michigan is another guy that's been brought up a lot. Again, dealing with some off the field stuff at Michigan right now. Really unclear what his future is in coaching, um, at least for the time being, the immediate future. But um, again, should all that check out, um, and he be kind of cleared of any wrongdoing um, for what, what's been going on. Um, a guy who probably gets an NFL offensive coordinator job, whether it's with the Chargers or the Ravens or the other eight opportunities that are open as of right now. So, um, but really excited time for, I mean, both Brett and I for our teams offensively. Um, also the good news, obviously that Lamar's going to be back. It sounds like for the Ravens. So that's great. But um, with that said, I'm going to keep it rolling here and get into the episode with the corners, um, kind of our, the counterparts to the, the position we did last Um we're going to do it a little bit different today. I think Brett and I talked about how the, you know this this class is so going to be – it is so hotly contested across draft media that we want to switch it up a little bit. We're going to start with our five through one, and then we'll kind of round it out with our guys that are kind of on the outside looking in. Um, but I'll let Brett start us off with number five here. 
that I'm 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 so curious. We talked before this. I'm so curious to see um, where you fell on some of these guys because there's perceived to be the top six guys are kind of consensus top six guys as of right now before combine and all that stuff. And one of them is going to be left out of each of our top fives. So I'm curious to see, you know, who Brett's is and where these guys are placed. So I'll let Brett take it away with number five. All right. Yeah. Uh, like you said, there's a top six and obviously we're doing top five. So one got left out to kick it off at five. Obviously, you know, I did most of this in the last couple of days. Um, you know, maybe some further research or um, more film, I think. It'll be more beneficial, and maybe I'll have a more um, what's the word um, verified. Just a I guess. clearer, just a clearer picture. I think these are rankings that'll change with the combine for sure. This is a position yeah. we will revisit at some point in the future, closer to the draft, because this is a position that will change with the, with the, with the combine. Same with receivers, just being a skill athletic position, it will change. But I think a clearer picture is definitely what we'll get in the future. But yeah, well, you said. Um, I think these rankings should solidify by, you know, the end of April. But, you know, you, you never know what can happen with this many um, highly talented, very talented guys. They could still be pretty fluid and we could never know who's going first. But at five, uh, I have South Carolina's Cam Smith. He is 22 years and four months old at the time of the draft. He's six foot even, 188 pounds from Blythewood, South Carolina. Uh, so, he, so he stayed home in South Carolina and attended um, the university there, obviously. His 2022 stats were 27 tackles, a pick, and five passes defensed. So pretty much in the middle of the pack overall for stats, um, a little low on the picks and a little low on the tackles. Um, but, you know, about average for the guys we're ranking today. And got some strengths and weaknesses. Um, so strengths, he had three years of really solid production, which you love to see out of a guy. Um, contrary to some other guys in this class that only have maybe one really good year, he had three really good years, um, especially in 2021. Um, I think that was his best year probably. Obviously cleaned up some technicalities in 2022, uh, but in terms of stats and production, he didn't improve that much. Pretty physical for, you know, being maybe a little smaller than his counterparts who's he's, who he's competing with in the draft. He's quicker feet than some of them that I noticed and is more versatile, uh, which leads to, you know, really good ball skills as a few other guys have. And I noticed he was pretty poised. He didn't um, over-pursue in coverage. However, he did over-pursue a little bit and was a little over-aggressive as a, tacul- as a tackler. Um, obviously, he's a little leaner. He needs to add some height. I mean, that's kind of you can't really control that. Um, but, you know, six foot's average for a corner. I think if he got it, you know, was measured in another inch or two at the combine, that'd be huge for him. Um, you know, if he measured in at six one, adding some weight would be beneficial too. being 188, uh, a little on the smaller side. If he can maybe get to 200, get some muscle. Um, I project him in the back half of the first, you know, really any pick after 10, any of these top six guys could go and I wouldn't be too shocked. Um he did have a little bit of deficiency as a tackler, um, you know, as a lot of corners do. You find very few sound tackling corners, even at the next level. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it on him. Um, didn't watch a ton on these guys. Um, and, yeah, I liked what I saw from him overall. I just liked what I saw from other guys a little better. Well, we're starting off a little boring here. I've got Cam Smith at number five as well, so I won't spend too much time talking about him. I will add a couple things. Um, that you that you didn't touch on, which is very fair. Um, there's lots to talk about with Cam, I think, um, just as a player. Um, the thing that I noticed the most and the one word I gave Cam was confident. Um, the guy exudes confidence to the, to the fullest degree. Um, I think he, he he took a lot of pride in the, in the corner one in the CB1 legacy that J.C. Horn left there um, a couple years ago. And he... Um, tried his really his tried his best to be JC Horn. It just simply isn't JC Horn. JC Horn was two inches taller, 20 pounds heavier. Um and it was just a just a better player. And, I, and no one's asking him to be JC Horn. He was an incredible corner and he's one of the best corners in football in the NFL right now. But um from a mentality standpoint, Cam will um he'll he'll talk the talk. A lot of bark and a lot of bite to back it up. Um 
not necessarily a guy that's all bark, no bite. He's a lot of bark and a lot of bite. Um, I think he's best in man coverage. And I think that he, again, he's a guy that, um, it just, it doesn't back down. He, he, he asked to take on, you know, wide receiver ones on the other team and whether or not it was for the best, um, he invites competition and that's what he wants. So he's a guy that thrives one-on-one, um, South Carolina played in a lot of off coverage, uh, like way off coverage, which I understood against like Jalen Hyatt in the Tennessee game because Cam just wasn't going to run with him. He's not going to run the four threes, maybe high four fours, which which is fine. It's not like he's slow. He just wasn't running with Hyatt, which is fine. Um, um, sorry, a couple cons I had for him though. Probably needs to get a little bit functionally stronger at, at the tackle point, um, at, the, at the tackle point, <laughs> just the kind of the point of attack against blocks and, and tackling at the next level, which can be said for most all these guys in this class. Um, and the other thing, I think he played in, on a not very talented defense, which didn't do him a lot of good. But again, the fact that he stood out the way he did on that defense was a really good thing for him. Um, but yeah, so that, I mean, that's, like I said, Cam's a guy, again, confident. Um, there's a lot of swagger, so there's a lot to like, and a team's going to fall in love with the mentality that he's got. So, um, but with that said, I'll get to my corner four, and I think this is where it's going to get a little spicy. Um, it's a guy who super ball productive. Um, I'll pull up his stats and I'll and I'll read them real quick. Um, in coverage, he had he he had four touchdowns this year. Um, he had four pick sixes, six interceptions, and four PBUs. Um, you know, was targeted 66 times on. Let me scroll real fast. 365, 385 coverage snaps. Gave up 41 catches, but a lot of them. Um, and I'll get to why I think he let, let up a lot of them. Um, a guy who I think is going to find a home and be one of the best slot corners in football in a few years is Clark Phillips, the third out of Utah. Um, he's 5'10. A buck eighty. He's he's a small corner, but when I watch his game, what he reminds me of is Asante Samuel Jr. At, when he was at Florida State, but with plus ball production. Um, that was the knock on Zant was that he was small and he was not ball productive at Florida State. He dropped some ints. You know he he got PBUs, but he didn't convert into interceptions, and he didn't when he did get picks, he didn't take them back. Um, Clark's one of the more dynamic guys in this class. Um, and the one word I gave Clark Phillips. You know, I struggled to find one. Um, the one I gave him was fiery because I think that's what how he plays. Again, he's 5'10", 183, a third-year sophomore. But um, he's really sound in coverage. He's a technician. I, I think, again, he played a lot on the outside at Utah because I think he had to. Like in the USC game, they put him on the outside because they, they they needed to have him on the outside. They couldn't play him in the slot on every rep because – they had outside corners who were not going to keep up with Mario Williams and Jordan Addison and that kind of thing. Um, he's really good in the red zone. I think he's really good when the air, when, when the field gets short, he doesn't have to run run in coverage for, you know, six plus seconds is when he's at his best when he can just, you know, play coverage. And he had, he battled all game long for two games with Jordan Addison. And it was a great battle. I think Addison probably got the best of him more than he got the best of Addison. But again, it was a great battle of two of the top players in the country at their respective positions. Um, he, he's a he's a fairly good tackler for his size. He's got a quick trigger on on, on breaking on on back breaking routes and on screens on outside run plays. He does a good job of holding his point of attack. I think on outside runs and on screens. Um, and he's he he does good. He's not going to be a press man covered corner in in the NFL. He's going to be a slot corner, um, which is where his home is going to be. I think he's going to have similar to Asante Samuel Jr. Will have the ability to play outside at a starter level. But his his best home, like Asante's, is going to be in the slot where he can use his size to an advantage and his quickness to an advantage. The other thing I wanted to say was he is good at jamming receivers at the line. And then when he's in coverage, well, he he does it. He, he's not as fast as Jordan Addison. But the thing he did against Addison really well that I liked was he did a good job of keeping him keeping pace with him and not letting Addison beat him deep with speed. He was physical throughout the route, which is what I like. A couple cons, though. He's going to struggle as an NFL tackler at, at first due to the play strength and just the NFL play strength. It's it just it's another level of guys who just play really strong. That's going to be and most corners do struggle with this as rookies. And that's going to be something he struggles with. Um, he can miss tackles because he always goes low on receivers because he has to sometimes. He's in a couple of situations kind of got his head down and missed or either kind of just got kind of stiff armed and, and 
pushed to the side. I mean, the height will limit him in jump ball situations, as you've seen with guys like Asante Samuel Jr. when they're lined up against the Devontae Adams in, in the slot and they do a little slot fade. They get beat sometimes because they're just a little shorter, which is okay. Again, you're not asking the guy to go be a press man outside corner every down. But um, really like Clark's tape. Again, he's clean as a technician. Um, and I think a guy who, despite the size, is really good and is going to be a really good NFL corner for his team. I agree. Yeah. Um, I do like him a lot. Um, but yeah, I guess I'll get into my number four here. Uh, Lakewood, California. I have Utah's Clark Phillips at 21 years and four months old Let's at the home. time of the draft. Oh, I'm so hyped. Um, uh, like you said, he's five foot 10, 183. He had 24 total tackles, six picks, and six passes defensed. Uh, I'll try to say some quick things here uh, as you covered a lot of it. Um, he had three solid years of production at Utah, um, you know, improving every year, which is really good to see. In a good conference um, overall, a big-time passing conference, so um, really good for his tape. He did play in and out um, occasionally, and – he has great range and speed that I noticed. Um, really good ball skills, obviously, led by the six interceptions. I noticed he is a gambler sometimes. Um, you know, like a few other guys, he's really the biggest gambler in the class, I think, in the way he attacks certain routes. Um, but, you know, he has incredible instincts, so I think he can get away with that more so than not. Um, as for weaknesses, like you said, it'll be tough uh, being a tackler at the next level. Um, some ways he try to tackle guys a little too uh, arms armsy if that's a thing like handsy army um, tackling a guy his footwork and hands weren't the best um, but he was a little more physical and even though he's probably gonna be a slot guy um, this is a given is gonna be a tougher task against bigger wide receivers at the next level you know being 510 anyone over 61 is gonna have a pretty good advantage over him um, I project him kind of in the mid-range of the first uh, anywhere from 10 to 25 think he's going to be you know pretty well um placed in that top group right there i think overall he's just a well-rounded guy he's going to be you know like i said 21 years and four months old so right in the middle of the class age wise you look at we have older guys like cam smith and joey porter um you know who are a good bit older but clark phillips is i mean 21 that's a good age to get drafted um yeah looking forward to see what a team gets out of him it'll be really fun to see how he projects uh, depending on his you know scheme fit and stuff like that that where a team wants to put him the reason they drafted him uh, what they're looking for in him and stuff like that um but yeah i mean doing well so far we both got the same five and four um i guess i'll continue on with my three here um all right so number three in my 2023 nfl draft corner rankings is Penn State's Joey Porter Jr. He's 22 years and nine months old at the time of the draft. Uh, 6'2", 198 from Bakersfield, California. In 2022, he had 27 total tackles, a fumble recovery, no picks, however, eight passes defensed. Uh, a lot of strengths for him. While he is pretty easily the oldest corner in the class, um, which is not a good thing. Um, you know, can't really control that. Could have came out last year. Um, I mean, he, he had a really, really good year last year. Um, he was really consistent while he was at Penn State in the Big Ten. Three years of solid production. Really successful lineage, obviously, with his dad. I think teams do look at that. Um, you look at guys like Asante Samuel, Pat Sertan. Um, there's another one I can't think of. He is uh, one of the more lengthy corners, 6'2". Uh, a little lankier as well, only 198. He closes hard on routes. Uh, he's physical. He has the quickness to make up ground, which allows him to succeed in press. You know, if he gets beat off the line, he can quickly make up that ground. Really solid ball skills. Uh, a plus run defender in terms of the corner class. Uh, definitely better than average. He wasn't the best best on the underneath routes. You know, within 5, 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, he wasn't the best because you know, when guys are breaking, he can't utilize his speed quite as well. Uh, he had a little more production in 2021 campaign 
compared to 2022. However, he was more consistent and cleaner technique in 2022. Did notice he was a little handsy uh, just due to his physicality, but really liked what I saw. I think he's gone by pick 20, and you know whoever takes him is getting a tall physical guy who has you know a lot of experience in college and while he will be almost he'll be 23 by uh, week one um, but he will have you know the experience and he will have gone up against really solid competition you hit the nail on the head that's my number three corner as well Um, i'm shocked we've gone shot for shot here i mean this is this is hilarious i I touted this class as like this highly touted class and we both talked about it like we're going to have different guys, and here we are with the same three to start off with. Um, but, no, you, you you really hit the nail on the head. Um, I'll start off with the bad stuff. You mentioned it last. He's going to get called for some DPI to the next level. Um, he is a little grabby in routes, especially deep. Um, he doesn't have the long speed that I think the two guys, at least the two guys that I have it, it one and two have. Um, but he's got plenty of speed. Um, at 6'2", 194, he can easily get to 200, and he can carry it, I think, with his frame. Um, he's got ridiculously long arms. He's got like 35 inch arms. Um, and he knows how to use them. He, he's really good at the catch point. I think he's really good, um, kind of through the hands. Um, there's a guy I have ahead of him that I wish would do a little more of that. Um, but I think the word I gave Joey Porter Jr. was loner. He's going to thrive in press man coverage at the next level. Um, he didn't really do a lot of coverage, different coverages at Penn state. Manny Diaz runs a lot of just man coverage and then a lot of just just basic zone like cover three cover two so didn't get a lot of, of, of chances to be in different coverages but with the lineage and just his age being four years in college football he, he's going to be able to play at plenty of coverages um i think he's going to be a better pro than he is a college player um a lot of 12 personnel a lot of run heavy stuff in the big 10 and i think that um when he gets to the spread passing game he's going to get a chance to kind of showcase his ability a lot better um as a press corner um i will mention this as well when i watch tape true sophomore linebacker abdul carter colty podcast has it now he's going to be a name to talk about next year 2024 linebacker class i just want to get that out there because they are he's really good but um he popped on tape like they rarely do guys like wow that guy's really good when you watch other when you watch corners abdul carter is one of those guys um but I'll, I'll get back to Joey Porter Jr. real quick. Um, he's physical downfield. He's matched up with receivers. I think when he knows he's got a slower guy who's a little bigger, he gets real physical in the route. And it's not illegal. It's not like illegal contact. He just gets physical and he lets him, you know, he, he doesn't let him kind of bully him down the field. And then um, the last thing I will say, um, you can see the fact that he's a very technically refined corner. Um, and you can see the lineage from the all pro pedigree from his dad, um, Joey Porter senior. He very clearly has been taught from a young age, what to and not to do as a corner. Um, and again, while there are some deficiencies in off coverage, I think it's more just the fact he didn't get a lot of it in college. So this is a guy I think is going to thrive at the NFL level. And I think you said it best, um, gone by pick 20 for me, that in the top in these top six guys, we keep talking about, um, four through six, and there's a little jump to a tier with Porter. And then for me, there's another tier at the top of the next two guys that I have. Um, the next two guys that I have, I think, are blue chip prospects. Can't miss guys in this draft. I think Joey Porter Jr. is kind of there, but kind of not there. Um, but I'll go with my number two. Um, and in fact, I don't have a number two. I have a 1A and a 1B. Because guess what? I'm allowed one chance to cheat in these rankings. This is our podcast. Anyone wants to cry about it. Get over it. I, I'm making the rules on my rankings. If you don't like it, make your own rankings and send them to me. Because um, I didn't want to make these guys one or two. Both of these guys are studs. Um, I think they're both elite level. I think I texted I texted you about both of these guys, and I said um, – I lied when I said there's only four – there's only like four blue chip guys if you include CJ and Bryce, which Bryce is. If you include CJ, you know, however you want to feel. In terms of defense, people are talking about there's only two blue chip defensive players. No, there's there's four with these two corners and the, the guy I have at one B just a hair below. And I'll give context when we get to my number one um, number, or I guess one B is Devon Witherspoon from Illinois. Um, he is 22 years old. He'll be 22 on draft night. Um, his birthday is December 11th. So he's, you know, 22, but he's freshly 22. Um, 
but this guy is <laughs> really, really good. Um, the, the word I gave him was dominant. Um, he's six foot, 180 pounds. And while that may sound light, I'll tell you right now, he hits with every ounce of that 180. He plays physical for being 180 pounds. Um, he's one of my guys in this class. And you look at a lot of mock drafts, you look at a lot of boards. Got Devon Witherspoon in the 20s and out of the first. It wrong. This guy's a top 10 pick. I'm telling you right now, he's going to be a top 10 pick. And he may not be corner one off the board, and I'll add some context to that is why I think that in a minute when we get to my number one, because these guys are very close. I think not much separates them other than the fact that one of the guy that I have at one is almost a, he's a full year and a half younger. He'll be 20 on draft night, which is a big deal for teams. But with Witherspoon, I mean, there's nothing to not like about his game. He's a super explosive out. He's going to jump out of the gym or stadium rather in, at Lucas Oil at the combine. Um, again, he plays way more physical than, than his than his frame suggests. And I've never seen a corner in college trigger faster than he does on short breaking routes, screens and run plays. I mean, this guy's blowing up screens and run plays like nobody's business. I mean, he looks like a strong safety coming out of the box. Um, best run support corner in the, in the class, I think. Um, he's going to step into an offense from day one. And teams are going to have a hard time running at him if they don't have a Mike Evans type big, strong receiver to go block him on the edge. Again, he's only 180 pounds and he's going to get better. He can get bigger and put some weight on, but it doesn't matter. I mean, this guy, he could be 180 pounds tomorrow in the NFL and he'd be fine. Um, he's really ball productive. Um, it, it, maybe the most ball productive guy in the, in, in the whole country. Four INTs, 20 PBUs um, it is ridiculous, by the way. 20 PBUs is crazy. Um, He's incredibly physical at the catch point, and 20, 20 PBUs certainly, you know, corroborates that. Um, and he plays with a J.C. Horn-type confidence and swag. Um, similar to Cam Smith, a lot of bite to go with the bark that he has. He plays um, with the kind of demeanor at corner that you want. Um, he's up in your face. He's talking a lot of smack. But you, when you're that good, you can talk a lot of trash. That That's my thing. Is like, I love it when my corners talk trash. They just can't be getting burned over the top you know, every other play, right? Those guys need to be competing at a high level. Um, the only couple of things I had for him, again, these are these are things that you talk about with every college kid. And, you know, going to the league is that he's a little grabby at times in his routes. He's going to get flagged to the next level, I think, a couple of times as a rookie because when he is in deep routes sometimes, he does get a little bit grabby because he's so physical. Um, that's the, something he can, he can fix, though. Um, the one thing that I think NFL teams are going are gonna to attack him at is he guesses on all he he doesn't guess it seems like he's guessing but you don't guess that many times and be right um because he's really good at route recognition in college what i think that teams are going to go after and it's going to be with a veteran wide receiver ones who run really good routes so you're going to think about obviously your justin jefferson's your jamar chases but like the amari coopers of the world the keenan allen's of the world are going to route this guy up on some of the double moves because he j he's so quick to jump out routes corners just anything short. So um, he may have a little trouble with that as a rookie. But other than that, this guy's an absolute stud. There's way too much helmet scouting going on with this kid. He played at Illinois in the Big Ten West. Who cares? This guy was at Georgia or Oregon or, you know, South Carolina or any 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 other big name school that produces a lot of corners. We're talking about this kid as, as a top five pick. And I think that's where he could ultimately go is at five, frankly. Um, if Seattle wants to make a strength of strength at five, they could take. Devon Witherspoon and I would I would applaud them for doing so. I think he's an absolute monster. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he's definitely one of my guys. I uh, was watching him, and like you said, it's tough to rank guys one and two. The top two guys, we do have the same. Um, it was tough to pick who I wanted to put above the other. Um. Now, they're pretty similar sized. Christian Gonzalez, who's the Oregon corner that we have yet to talk about yet. Uh, he's an inch taller and 21 pounds heavier uh, that I have him at. Pretty similar stats. Um, they both went against good competition. I think Gonzalez went against a little more pass-heavy teams. I think he had probably had more coverage reps. Um, whereas Witherspoon, you know, in the Big Ten West, there's more run heavy teams. I mean, just look at his own team. He was going against some practice. Um, I think he had more all around reps and he's also, like you said, a year and a half older than Christian Gonzalez. Um, 
and that was the main reason that I had Witherspoon at two. Um, he had 42 tackles, three picks, and 14 passes defensed. You pretty much covered it. Uh, just go through a few uh, little things. Strengths, I had our ball skills, uh, outside and slot reps. You know, being 6'1", 180, it was a little bit tough. Uh, he has really solid speed. He can test everything. He can get downhill real quickly. Hard hitter and tackler for being a little bit skinnier. Um, elite and press man. Uh, weaknesses, like you said, he gets a little bit grabby and is going to have some penalties against some bigger receivers at the next level. I think he's going to be outside corner mainly. And, yeah, um, I think he's gone by 20 as well. And, you know, I have Porter, Witherspoon, and Gonzalez all gone by 20. Um, you know, they could go – I think anywhere at five or later, honestly, like you said, um, I think the top four is pretty consensus as of now. But yeah, I mean, we have the same top five in the same order. Uh, pretty impressive here as we just have one more guy to discuss in the top five. Um, but yeah, I mean, while we're, it's while crazy. we're on that topic real quick, I just want to say the Colsey podcast knows ball. Okay. I know that sounds biased, but Matt Miller, Connor Rogers, Trevor Sikama, Mike Renner, four of the biggest names in draft in the draft. All four of those guys feel very similarly about the guys we're talking about today. I just want to say we were on this so early, and the fact that we both had this is so impressive. And I'm just saying, like, I'm not gonna toot our own horn, but I'm gonna toot our own horn for a second that we are on this like the best in the like the best in draft in the in the draft are right now. Um, and I ended that's so cool that we were that we're right up there with him. And the fact that we got this right is on some next level stuff right there. That's my dog. That that's we I'm just saying, we're on that. But I'll let you go ahead with Christian Gonzalez. Sorry. I'm gonna be honest, I haven't seen a single opinion from any of those guys on corners, at least to this point. I'm gonna wait till after the season to uh see others' opinions on stuff. These are just straight raw my rankings. Uh so that is pretty funny. Um but yeah, I mean, this class is crazy good. And if I just, what's crazy to me is you look at Witherspoon, who's going to be 22 years in four months. Porter's going to be 22 years in nine months. Cam Smith's going to be 22 years and four months. So that's three guys that are going to be well over 22 years old. Meanwhile, Christian Gonzalez is going to be 20 years and 10 months old. He is at least 18 months and he is 23 months in Joey Porter's case younger than these guys that means when you know porter witherspoon and cam smith were playing in seventh grade christian gonzalez was still in fifth grade in whatever history class not even playing football because he couldn't he was probably in pe doing like a football unit meanwhile already having better traits than all these guys but yeah oregon's christian gonzalez is my number one right now he is from just up the road in the Colony, Texas, uh, which is around the Dallas, uh, north of Dallas. Uh, he's 6'2", 201, um, so I think the best size in the class, very similar to Joey Porter size-wise. Um, he had 51 tackles, four picks, seven passes defensed. Uh, he was at Oregon for one year, uh, at Colorado Boulder for two. He is really tall, lengthy, um, I prefer him in zone coverage to take advantage of his range and he has great instincts. Um, so which can make, he can make up for, you know, miscues in man weaknesses like everyone else, uh, run support and he needs to build a little bit of muscle. Um, he didn't play much to the field side that I noticed. He was mainly on in the boundary. Um, I didn't see, he wasn't a gambler. He was more sound with his technique. Um, didn't want to take too many um, guesses and stuff like that. Um, he bit a couple of times on double moves, um, which is not gambling. It's just, you know, you think a guy's running one route and he turns up field or turns in and you don't expect it. Um, that was the only thing really that I noticed. And I project him, you know, before 20, basically. I would say 5 to 20, but it's like you never know what could happen, who could be picking where. Um, so I bet I say before 20, uh, him probably before 15, if I had to say right now. So, yeah, I mean, this class of corners, and I got three more to talk about after we're done our top five. I know you have four, I think. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, really solid class. These top five guys we discussed, including the guy we left out, are really solid, really stout, and don't have many weaknesses. Um, you know, they all have similar strengths while at the same time, you know, a few different strengths, um, you know, different builds from different conferences. Um, you know, some were more ball productive, some were better tacklers, some covered a little tighter, and some were just gamblers, and that's how they racked up stats. But yeah, a well-rounded class with different uh, strengths. We have a lot of, you know, six one, six two guys. We have Clark Phillips, 5'10". We have a, you know, a six-footer. Um, so yeah, really well-rounded, excited to see where these guys go on April 27th. But yeah, I'll let you get to your number one guy. Five for five, baby. Um, Christian Gonzalez is my number one, um, 1A, because I like both the guys so much. Um, but he was the guy I gave the nod to. Again, youth was the big one for me. Um, like you mentioned, he's 18 months younger than all these guys. The fact that he was 19 starting against Georgia, and and he and that was his worst game. He, he got four targets, four catches, and a touchdown. I mean, he got beat, but his youth showed. And again, four targets, I mean – that's not a lot. He just he got beat. He was up on A.D. Mitchell, who is one of the best receivers in the class, who's older than him, I think. I think he's just an older guy. Christian's a really, really young junior. Um, you can see the football IQ, though. Uh, he's really, really, really good at, at things that are so nuanced in, 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 as a corner that you just don't see young guys be good at, it, it, starting with, like, leverages. I, I don't know if there's a, a guy in the class who recognizes and understands leverages better than Christian does. Um he uses the sideline to his advantage the best that anyone does in the class. Um, he's just really talented. I, again, I, I when I was right, he was the first guy that I watched. I was so excited to watch his games. Or no, he's the second guy. I watched I watched Porter Jr. first, but um, I put it here. I don't always hand this out. He's I don't see a lot of glaring flaws in his game. Um, you mentioned a couple of them, and I think you could nitpick and say, oh, I, I you know I, I wish he was better at this and that. But he's 20. He's just turned 20. You're over the summer, so like. It's hard to nitpick his game knowing how young he is and knowing that, like, man, he's going to get a lot better um, as as time goes on. Um, he bounced bounced back and got a lot better as he's went on after that Georgia game where Willie just got beat on a couple 50-50 balls against receivers that are his size. That's going to happen. Everyone gets beat. There's no corner that has perfect games. Um, you know, I, I wish that they would have seen USC this year and got, would have gotten to see Addison versus Gonzalez. It would have been an awesome matchup of two guys who I think – um, kind of not compliment, but go, their their strengths play to each other's strengths. So it would have been a great matchup of two of who I think are the best players in college football this year. Um, he I think he plays the run game well. I just think as a 20 year old, he just it, from a strength perspective, he just is is not as strong as the guys he's going up against, and that's going to change. He's going to get stronger. Um, he he glides in coverage though. I mean, you know, the, the word I gave him was composed. Um, I've never seen a corner not panic the way he does. Um, you know, a guy wants to, you know, oh, kick kick it into gear and run deep. Okay, fine. Christian's going to flip his hips and he's going to run stride for stride with him. And he doesn't look like he's running that fast. He just is – he naturally is just super fast. Um, guy wants to break down on a route and, and break it off early. Great. He's going to break down and drive on the route and he's going to play really well. Um he just he's he's actually he's a good tackler in space when like he can get squared up to guys he's actually a pretty good tackler I think it's just it's getting through the wash in the screen game and in the run game is his, is the thing that he struggles with but again that's something that's going to come with repetition at the next level um I'll say that's hats off to Dan Lanning and his corners coach Demetrius Martin for developing this kid when he got to Eugene he took leaps and bounds from year two to year three coming from Colorado and like I said at 20 years old the sky really is the limit um we're very spoiled that we have now we have two corners in this class and two corners in the last class that I think are going to be really good players from day one in the NFL. Obviously, you saw it sausted, and I'm not going to say that either of these guys are going to do it sausted. I'm not saying that. They could, but I'm not going to put that pressure on these guys. Um, Gonzalez, well, he does play with a really slow heartbeat, and he never panics, and he's so just flatline. He does play with a very quiet confidence about himself, and he and he knows how good he is. He's very aware of that. Um, he just isn't like a raw, raw guy. And that's fine. I mean, you don't have to be. Um, but he he will definitely talk his talk when he needs to. I think in the Colorado game, he got a lot of flack for leaving, I think. Um, I mean, a lot of guys did, but I think he did, especially being a leader of that team as a sophomore. He had two picks on him. And when he had caught his second pick, I mean, he was a really good pick. He got up in the face of the receiver in, in, out of bounds and he put up one, two in his face. Like, hey, I got two on you guys. 
let him know. And, um, you know, on the rare occasion that he did get beat, it never carried over to the next rep um, ever. It, it, next play mentality was huge for him. And and for me at 20, the intangibles to have those things and to have the football IQ is just so next level. It, it, you just don't see that with guys, let alone at 20. But you didn't see it at 22 and 23 in the, in the college. So this is the fact that he his game is that nuanced that this age is, is crazy. Um, the one thing I want Christian to do better is I want him to play through the hands at the catch point. He was scared to get penalized, and, and that's fine. I, I, I can be okay with that as opposed to a guy who's going to get flagged because he's way early getting there, right? Um, he's in the hip pocket. He plays he, he plays trail technique better than anybody in the class, I think. Um, as good as Witherspoon is, I think I think Gonzalez plays it better. Um, I just want him to be able to physical through the catch point, and I want to see him go with, at the hands, not the ball, per se. You know what I mean? I want to play through the hands, not play through the ball. But other than that, man, this guy's so good. I think he's, frankly, he's going to be a top five player for me. Um, I don't have my board done. Obviously, I have not watched Will and Jalen yet. Haven't watched Bryce. Um, haven't watched Bijan. Kind of the consensus guys are going five, but um, in, in the top five prospect rankings. This guy's going to push for five, though. I'll tell you that right now. He's really talented. Then nothing phases him. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. But, um so it's just there's so much to love about this kid at 20 years old. Um, I mean, he's younger than you, Brett, which is, and you're, and you're a young, you're young for our grade, right? Like you're young for being a junior in college, but he's younger than you, which I text you. I was like, man, I did not know that he was younger than you are, which is crazy. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I didn't, we didn't get a chance to, I didn't get a chance to mention at the top now that we're kind of out of our top five. Um, this, this is the strength of the class. Absolutely. There are six of these guys that could go in the first round. Um, and there's a lot of starters in the second round. Um, we'll kind of get to our next five up. I know this is a guy you didn't watch who I think should absolutely be a second round pick, a top 50 pick, and should be a starter from day one. The next level is DJ Turner out of Michigan. Um, he was probably going to be my seven at this point. Um, that, obviously, that could change with guys that are going to go to the combine and run well. But uh, right now, I really like this game. Um, he's physical through the catch point. He's just is a clean corner. Um, you know, I, I didn't watch a ton on the on the non-top six guys. I watched a decent amount of on DJ, and I just liked his game a lot. I liked what he brought to the table. I got a lot of level-headedness, which I think is good for corners. Um, you can talk a lot of talk, but you just can't let your lows get too low. Um, and I thought he did a good, good job at that. Um, played with a, a really good freshman corner next to him. I'm going to forget his name, um, and I can look it up while while you talk about Keeley if you want to, since we both had him out of our top five. But um but yeah, he played on in an incredibly talented secondary, which may knock him. But again, it just it, you can't knock the kid for playing well. So um, big ups to him, and um, a guy who I really liked, who I haven't seen a lot of people talking about as much as um, the other guys. Yeah, I did not watch him. Um, wanted to, didn't get to it. Um, so I will definitely get to him at some point. Um. But yeah, uh, sixth guy for me was George's Keeley Ringo. Real quick, going back to Christian Gonzalez, just had to mention this. Uh, his interception against Washington was crazy. Uh, Ridiculous. He, uh, it was like a deep Ridiculous. post or something, I think. And he just like leaped in front of the guy. And the guy, I forget who the receiver was, but it looks like he had it. And then Christian kind of took it away from him. And crazy catch. Um it was, it was, I think it was his first pick against Colorado on the far sideline in the game when he looked like he was beat. He flipped his hips, turned, picks the ball off, and takes it to the house. Stupid. Absolutely stupid. Yeah, he's special. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. But, yeah, a guy that some people might have, you know, pretty high up on the rankings, Keely Ringo. Really, uh, obviously, well-known name being at Georgia, back-to-back natties, um, you know, kind of one of the leaders on defense last year, even in the loaded unit. Was kind of one of the lone returners this year in terms of high-caliber guys. Six foot two, two ten from Tacoma, Washington. He had 42 tackles, a forced fumble, two picks, and seven passes defensed. Uh, interesting thing is he's the second youngest in the class. He is one day older than Christian Gonzalez. Uh, he has a lot of good tape. Um, you know, a lot of sound stuff. He did have some missed, um, you know, coverages where he would bite too soon or, you know, gamble a little bit. 
he is as explosive as others, and he has played all over. Um, you know, back-to-back, really solid years against top competition, being in the SEC. He was a little over-aggressive, like I said. Um, he's not quite as fluid, but his speed makes up for it. Definitely one of the faster guys in the class. Um, yeah, I mean, he's had, he's had plenty of big plays there for the Bulldogs. Um, you know, all the big games that they've had over the past couple of years. Seemed like he was in the thick of it, and, the you know, momentum swings. Um a really good leader, I think, vocally, and I think he goes in the back half of the first. You know, anywhere after 16, I think, is fair game. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go before that, as, you know, so many different teams are picking differently, and every team, because what, I think 29 teams have first-round picks, and, you know, all 29 of those teams are going to have different corner rankings. And so what one team might want to trade up for the team that they're trading up that pick that the team's trading down to complete the trade might not have that guy even on their first round board. So it's like so many different, um, you know, combinations that these teams could have these guys at, but yeah, Keely Ringo was one of my guys. Um, I liked his stuff. I liked his game underperformed this year overall. I think, Thought he'd be a little more ball productive. Um, you know, that could be in part of guys not throwing to him, stuff like that. But nonetheless, Georgia loaded defense again, and it should, he should definitely be a day one pick. Yeah, so, man, Keeley's really, he's really gifted as an athlete. Um, and again, this is kind of what you expect from a 20-year-old starting in Georgia against SEC talent. Um he just got beat a lot in man coverage, man. And, and he, the word I gave him was raw because, again, he's all of the tools are there. And I really, really wanted to have Keeley in my top five. Um, I just I couldn't right now. I can't. He's I don't know if he can start on an NFL field next year right away as young as he is. Um, he's got a lot to clean up technically. I think he can get there. But this is the biggest gamble in the class. And, and as good as. Cam Smith and and Clark Phillips are I couldn't put Keeley above those guys if, if that makes sense. Um, again, really talented kid. He's a really good kid. Kirby Smart gushes about him. Um, even in the in the Natty last year, where he had a, he had a really tough first half against Alabama. Came back and, and battled in the second half. Had the pick six. Um, and and Kirby said nothing but great things about him. He was a great leader for being a really young kid, 20 on that team. Um. You know, it's just he's got a lot to work on as a as a as a corner. He's a great athlete, he's a great football player. He just need, needs to be better as a corner. I said his tape is really really volatile and it's a little messy at times. Um, and he battled with Cedric Tillman, um, and and they and they beat each other plenty of times. Um, you know, one of his better, some of his best tape and some of his worst tape is in the Tennessee game. There's some rest where he absolutely dominates, and some rest where you go, man, what happened here? Um. You know, I find myself a lot of time watching tape and like, Keeley, like, where was this the whole game? Where was that two reps ago? It was a great rep. And then two reps later, he, he makes a mistake that he didn't make the, the couple reps before. So he gets beat a lot with, with upper body, you know, kind of head fakes and, and arm fakes and shoulder fakes and routes. Um, he's best in zone right now, and he can just kind of keep everything in front of him and just and use his eyes. I don't think he has very good eyes in coverage. But when he's back in zone, he can kind of use his eyes and just kind of look and, and see the ball and get the ball. Um, and then the one thing I did say about him that I, re- I came away, I was like, man, I'm really disappointed. is because as big as he is and as physical as he is in, in, in his routes, man, he's so timid in the run game. I don't know if you noticed that in, 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 the, in the film, in the game you, games you watched. I mean, Jalen Hyatt did not struggle to block him. And that's not a knock on Hyatt. I mean, Hyatt's a good player. It's just like, Keely, you're six two two ten, dude. Like, body him. You know what I mean? I I wanted him. I wanted him to play like Devon Witherspoon and Clark Phillips. Though those guys stuck their nose in it. Even Cam Smith stuck their nose in it and were not afraid to get physical. I wanted Keely to do that so bad. I think if the right team can draft and develop Keely, he'll be a great corner in a couple of years. Again, he's 20 years old. He'll be 20 on draft night. He'll be 20 to be turned 20 to 21. He can even go buy a beer until after rookie minicamp. Like, it's OTAs. So, you know, as much as, as a talented is, he's just got a lot to clean up. But, again, 
he can get there. It's it, it's all there for him. He just has to put it together with the right talent and and, and staff around him. Um, but again, very talented player and a guy that you're not going to complain about off the field. Um, I, I know you mentioned it with him being a leader, but um, a guy that um, just needs some work w- with an NFL staff, which I think he'll get. Um, and, I, and I'll hit on the next couple guys um, that I watched. Emmanuel Forbes is a guy um, actually holds the all teeth, has tied all time record for pick sixes in FBS history with six or seven, I think. Really ball productive. I mean, listen, he lucked into a couple of picks this year. Like one of them went off of a guy's foot and he was like, oh, there's the ball. And he picked it up and he, he ran with it. Um, really long and wiry was was the kind of the, the verb and or adjectives I gave him. Not verbs, duh. Adjectives I gave him. Um, if he runs well, though, like if he can run a good 40 time and then he'll he'll rise up boards. He's a good player. I think he just, um, you know, teams tried to screen game him to death and he didn't let him. He did a good job for, you know, he's a buck 80 is small, not small, but as skinny as he is, he did a good job not letting teams beat him to death on the outside game like that. Um, but a guy who needs some refinement in a couple areas that I just didn't think that, um, you know, looking at the upside, like the ceiling of a guy like Kili Ringo, um, and, and I just didn't think that he was quite there ceiling-wise. Um, the FMs have to clean up. And then um, I got, I'll touch on real fast that I watched very little of it. I know you watched was Deontay Banks from Maryland. Um I know you're a big Maryland guy, so let's talk about him. But I like this game. Um, I think he's fairly refined as a corner. I just think that, you know, he didn't see a lot of top receiver talent in the Big Ten, at least the games that they played. Um, the guy that I liked and the guy who I think can step into an NFL offense and play from day one, same with Emmanuel Forbes. I think Forbes can step into an offense and play as, like, he's a, he's not going to be an every-down player right away, but he's a coverage guy who can start on the outside and be a really good corner. So um, really good size in Deontay Banks. I like his physicality as well, but I'll let you get to the eval on him. Yeah, uh, real quick, I'll touch on uh, another guy I watched before I close my rankings or my guys watched with Banks. Uh, I watched Stanford's Kai Blue Kelly, 21 years and 11 months old on draft night. Um, six foot one, Las Vegas, Nevada is his hometown uh 2022 stats he didn't have any forced fumbles or picks uh but he did have 35 tackles and six passes defensed now 35 tackles puts him above some of the guys that we've talked about one thing that was big for him is he had four solid years of production including a monster 2021 season thought he was great in man coverage uh good ball skills like a couple other guys in this class he did miss a good bit of tackles and he wasn't extremely fluid um you know, sinking in routes and stuff, in-breaking routes, out-breaking routes. Um, project him to go kind of the back half of the second round, if I were to guess. I mean, there's a lot of corners in this class that could go in the first two rounds. I think he'll be, you know, depending on where corners ahead of him go, I think he could be earlier uh, to mid mid to early second round. But right now, back half. Um, yeah, it's pretty much it on him. I didn't have too much. But my eighth and final guy uh, that I'm going to talk about I didn't get to, you know, DJ Turner, Emmanuel Forbes, uh, Hodges Tomlinson. Um, you know, one other guy that I can't think of. What is his name? What was his name? I might watch a little bit of Jalen Jones. Um, yep, I'll get to Jalen Jones at some point. But yeah, that's pretty much it in terms of the guys I didn't want to watch that I do want to watch. But yeah, Deontay Banks, he's from Baltimore, Maryland, University of Maryland. It's going to be 22 years and two months uh, at the draft night, so a little bit older than uh, older half of the class. Six foot two, 205, so really stout build. 38 tackles, a pick, and eight passes defensed. Like you said, wasn't going against the best competition, but definitely impressive stuff that I saw from him. He had great instincts and reaction time. Uh, you know, maybe the best in the class, at least from the guys that I watch in terms of reaction time. He's a really good zone corner, and he was great in press, and he was pretty smooth for his size, which made you know zone easy for him, I think. He closed really well on routes. Uh, he attacks hard downhill on shorter throws. A great tackler, one of the best in class. Honestly, I think he's most like Devon Witherspoon in a lot of ways. Um, he had the strength, strength to get off blocks and make plays in the backfield. Ideally, I think cover two is probably best for him. Um, you know, most of the time, obviously, you're not going to run the same coverage every play. Um, but yeah, 205, uh, he's a lot stronger than 205. 
What I noticed is he wasn't the most explosive. Uh, he isn't a burner. He's not extremely twitchy. He's more smooth, but not twitchy. Um, he did have eight penalties this past season, I believe. Um, you know, which is a little bit of an issue, just being too grabby as a few other guys are. You know, they all have the same strengths and weaknesses for the most part. A couple things differentiate these guys. Um, but you know, penalties wasn't a plus for him, definitely. Um, not the best ball skills. He did only have two picks in three seasons, uh, plus a redshirt year. He had a redshirt year and then redshirt freshman, sophomore, junior. So his first year in college, he redshirted. I think he only played in two games. So essentially, he played three seasons there. You know, with only three seasons of experience and being over 22 years old, I think that'll, that won't help a stock. Um you know, I project him in the back half of the second round as well. I think he could follow the third um, just because of lack of, you know, competition and age. But I do think he has all the tools to be a really good second round pick and a productive guy at the next level. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much it in terms of what I saw and took away from the guys that I watched. Like I said, I watched eight guys. You know, I watched the all five conferences I didn't. I guess I didn't watch the Big 12, uh, but I will get to with a couple guys in the Big 12. But yeah, I was excited about this class. I think this is most likely, maybe not the Ravens' biggest need, as I think receiver probably is, just with injury history. And the fact that they have a really good corner coming back in Marlon Humphrey. Um, But I think this is most likely where they spend their first-round pick is the corners. Um. You know, this class is really deep. I do think they take a couple corners, even though they only have five picks right now. While I do think they could trade a pick for DeAndre Hopkins, I think that pick is probably a 2024 pick. Um, You know, obviously with negotiations and other teams' offers, they may have to adjust. But I'm not worried. Uh, Eric DaCosta, the Ravens GM, he he never loses trades. You just look at last year, he traded a first-round pick for Hollywood Brown, or he got a first-round pick and gave away Hollywood Brown. Uh, so that was a really good trade. He normally, you know, facilitates trades pretty easily and, you know, normally gets his way, it seems like. So I'm not worried uh, in him because I think they're going to go all out for a receiver. But getting back on track, um, corner, I definitely think, is where we're going with our first-round pick as of now. Um, if we don't, I don't think we're going to trade up just because we have five picks and we don't have a second-rounder. I think we're more likely to trade back out of the first into the second to gain another second round pick. Um, obviously with fewer picks, it means fewer payroll for the rookies, which means a little more cap space for your top 51. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm glad we had the same rankings. That's pretty cool. Out of all the combos that we could have had, um, definitely felt the same about pretty much everyone. It seems like, and I want to get to a few more guys, uh, but I'll let you round it out. Yeah, I'm shocked. Honestly, I mean, I, I was I'm so I'm so excited. I'm so happy that we did because I think it's cool. Um, I do want this little nugget. I was looking when you're talking, uh, kind of closing it out there. I looked. I was curious. So, like, you know, a lot of the guys you see, I think scouting's gotten a lot better in that aspect that they're hitting on more. Like these high school kids aren't like, you know, top five recruits aren't just fizzling out when they get to college. Um, like Keely Uringo was like the seventh best recruit in 20, class 2020. Will Anderson was like, you know, five overall. Uh, Bryce was one. So it's like they're they're getting a lot of more of those right. Christian Gonzalez was the 326th ranked recruit in the nation. He's recruited as a safety to Colorado. He's a 30, he was a 46th best player in Texas, according to the 247 Sports, which I think is the best recruiting outlet out there. And he was the 31st overall safety in the class. The fact that he was recruited as a safety is crazy to me um and i just i think it's cool that he kind of came up from the I means a four star still but it's not like he was this highly tied five star and now he's he's cb1 um same thing as it was with devon witherspoon a guy who um we talked about as well that his story is pretty crazy i mean he he wasn't really recruited that highly because his grades weren't like he had to get an sap score like to become nca eligible he was at hutchinson community college i believe is what it was um prior to getting into illinois when his SAT score was high enough to get in to like an NCAA school. So pretty crazy there. Um, just the top two guys we talked about. Um, but yeah, no, really, really fun class. Like I said, I'm going to get into a lot more guys, kind of like you said. Um, I'll probably get into, you know, Travis Hodge and Tomlinson, Hodges Tomlinson from TCU, 
Um, I'm going to get into a couple more guys like Jalen Jones, another one I want to get into. Um, I do want to watch Kai Luke Kelly, guy who had really good tape against Drake London last year it's at, against USC. So plenty of guys I'm going to want to watch. Um, and, a, and a lot of these rankings will change with, you know, the combine and, and senior bowl for a lot of these guys. So, um, but yeah, no, really, really excited about this class. I don't think the Chargers are going in this direction in the first round or the second round or the third round for that matter. But nonetheless, I, I really enjoy scouting these guys. Um, I get I get more comfortable with each watch at corner. It's definitely not, I'd say, probably the position I feel the least comfortable um, scouting is is corner. But I think I get more comfortable every day with it. Um, I have a really good time scouting these guys again. All these guys are really talented. There's a lot of NFL starters in this class. So um, I had a great time doing it. Um, next week's class, next week, what do we have next week on deck? Do we have tackles next week? Let me we check have. real quick. We have offensive tackles. Oh, my favorite group, the scout, dog. I'm excited. These are my favorite guys to watch. Um, so definitely some good players in this class that I'm excited for. But um, actually, I may get started after this. I don't want to get behind like I did this week on the on the tape watching. But um, no, I'm excited about it next week. And um, we'll get back with you guys on a regular cold seat episode um, early in the week next week. Yeah, like you said, um, this is a lot of fun. I have found myself getting a hair behind on the receivers and the corners. Um, do want to start earlier on the tackles, even though I don't think it's the direction the Ravens go in the draft. Yeah. Um, but yeah, looking forward to doing that class next week as it's normally one of the most highly touted uh, position groups every draft as it's one of the very most, uh, very most, one of the most valuable positions in the NFL today, especially uh, the blind side tackle. So, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up. We will have our typical episode on Tuesday before rounding out next week with our offensive tackle rankings, like we said, on the 27th. Um, or not 27th. Yeah, 27th. Yeah, so, um, yep. yeah, I think that's it. And we will see you all in four days. See you guys soon.